Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting weekend episode with me and Daniel. Hello, Daniel. Hello. So, so much to talk about. Um, first of all, I want to tell you guys, I am uncomfortably full right now. It's the morning. I do not normally eat breakfast. I know yeah. that it is the most important meal of the day, say people who like to say that. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know that it's the medical community that says that. It's uh, women's magazines and also men's magazines and it's conventional wisdom. Anyway, though, I'm not a person who normally eats breakfast. However, we got up earlier than normal and I will go into that fun story. Uh, And then we had to kill some time. So we went to Whole Foods where they had... You know, you were familiar. You, being a breakfast yes. person, you knew that they have a breakfast. I love breakfast. Buffet kind of thing. So I was like, ooh, look at all those scrambled egg whites. Those are nearly calorieless, except I ate so many of them that I'm sure that they have a lot of, I'm sure that it all adds up to calories. And now there's like a brick of egg whites in my stomach. And I don't, I don't feel like now I have all the nutrients I need to start the day. I feel mm-hmm. like I need to take a nap and not even a good nap, just to like sleep it off kind of. Um, Just turn it into farts. Right. I need to get that going. That's for the people that were complaining about all the fart talk. I wanted to get it in early. Now, are you just going to hit it and quit it with the fart talk, or no, are you just starting no. it early? <laughs> we'll see. It's a, it's a big surprise. Right. I mean, I wasn't going to go there, but since you mentioned it, after running our errand, when we got back in the car, mm-hmm. I was like, it smells a lot like farts in here. That before we had anything to eat, it was just the egg, it was just the scrambled egg products sitting in the car. Yeah, eggs smell, do eggs ever smell good? <laughs> they always smell right. like some version of a fart. Like when a chicken lays an egg, if you walk into the barn, are you like, mm-hmm. farts? Probably. Like when you burn the hard-boiled eggs in the house? That was an accident. It smelled like if you, if you burned farts on a bonfire. <laughs> that was really the worst smell ever. That's a thank you for painting that delightful word picture. But I, the, the the Whole Foods breakfast has this thing that is so decadent. It's like a creme brulee French toast, and I was so grateful. Yeah, I was so grateful that they were out of it. They always run out of it because people. Is that would you have gotten it if if? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to cut down on sugar. It's like. <clears throat> It's almost like a bread pudding. Mm-hmm. It's got that consistency. Yes, go on. Yeah, and it's but it's really rich and sweet. Like it's like soaked in caramel. Yeah, it's giving my stomachache even thinking about yeah, it's it. It's really good though. Anyway, so you would have gotten it. When, when I might have had a little bit, but I'm I'm, glad I'm only I didn't. jealous about the food you eat when I'm not around. When. Or in the past, even you know, it's sort of like <laughs> it's like that thing where a guy can be committed to you. Well, I used to experience this where like, I actually, I'd be dating someone, not that he was even committed to me, but I remember I was dating someone, he was not committed to me, but I knew that in the past he'd had these like really committed relationships. And I knew that he didn't have feelings for this woman anymore, but for some reason, the fact that like he had had this, I remember thinking it's weird that I feel tormented by someone's past Mm because that's in the past. Why should it matter? Mm -hmm. But that's how I feel about you and the creme brulee bread. Putting right. French toast. You have, so fo- I just, you have FOMO for people's. Uh, <laughs> I just want to know when was it that you had the Whole Foods breakfasts? 
Mm, back when I was living on my own, I would uh, I had a Whole Foods that was like a block away, so I would sometimes I get up in the morning and walk over there for a bite. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad I don't live near a Whole Foods anymore, though. I don't miss it. Yeah, I feel it's uh, it's uh, resting on its laurels, grocery store wise. Yeah. What are you... Uh, I'm noticing... Well, I'm just wondering what the sounds are that are coming from fine. that side of the house. She's just playing. Okay. All right. So let's look back at the week and then look forward to the next. Yay. On Monday, I had Scott Ackerman on the podcast. Yes. And I was very... I had... I mentioned this on the podcast, but I'd been wanting him as a guest for the longest time. I was under the impression that he didn't do that many podcasts. Um, but lo and behold, it turns out on the same day that mine came out, he was also on Nerdist. Yeah. And I discovered that while we were still in bed because, <laughs> you know, I bring my phone to bed with me. And in the morning I said to you, Scott Ackerman's on Nerdist today. And I you're know. like, oh, that's a bummer. Um, so that is not ideal when that happens. No. Because it does make you, f- it's like, you know, when someone else is wearing your dress. Well, it kind of steps on you. It makes you feel like it potentially could. However, I listened to both episodes. Well, I listened to mine, obviously, as we were recording it. But I listened to um, Nerdist just to see what he talked about. And it was complete. I mean, I don't think there's one thing he said on both. It was completely different. He talked on Nerdist. He talked much more about sort of the day-to-day mechanics of doing Comedy Bang Bang, the TV show, and Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff about like here and now present career day-to-day stuff whereas on mine he talked about um sort of his origin story and a little more theoretical stuff and also his own journey i'd say more more personal yes more personal um and i actually was very relieved once i realized that because i was like you know i would recommend people listen to both yeah because they really complement each other well yeah they complement each other i hope chris hardwick is saying this exact same thing to everyone (laughs) I think it also contrasts the two interview styles, which which um, is interesting. You know, I think that um, I, I I'm a huge fan of Hardwick. Uh, I think that he, <clears throat> though he tends to he tends to talk a lot about career and ambition and you know, kind of um, those kinds of issues, getting things done. You know, mm-hmm. how right? You efficiency, get done. right? Efficiency, how to be an effective person, which is really good. It's really interesting. But your interview, I think it's it's you know. Listening to your interview afterwards, it's like, yeah, your interview with him, obviously I'm you know, a bit biased here, but I think that your interview genuinely was more warm and personal. Like I got a better sense of him as a person, and I've been listening to him for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, from that interview than any other interview that I'd ever oh, heard. Like I, I, I was like a lot of surprising little details about his life. and I felt that way after the interview. I felt like, wow, I think we just got a glimpse of him that people don't normally get. Yeah. That's why when I was like, oh shit, did he, did people get this glimpse on all the podcasts? Yeah. But then I was, you know, heartened to discover, no, I don't, mm. I don't think so. Yeah. I think he came through as like this very much more of, um, a, an ambitious, um, person, not ambitious in a bad way, but a person who kind of driven, driven, you know, um, from a very early age, how then I ever really realized mm-hmm. And, um, well, right, because he has this somewhat silly, goofy persona, yeah, but he's very, you know, he, he describes himself as bossy behind the scenes, yeah. He describes himself, I, I get the sense that he's not so much bossy as he is particular, like, he right. knows he knows what works and what doesn't work, you know, and he's willing to fight for it, which is something I think you'd want. Well, that was actually 
actually um, one of the stories that sticks with me from Hardwick's interview of him was an episode of Comedy Bang Bang was uploaded to the web uh, before he had given his approval. Yeah. And there was one effect, a bullet effect. Now, what I'm wondering, I'm going to reveal my lack of of industry lingo. Yeah. Bullet effect, meaning like something bulleted on the screen or like a, an actual bullet, do you think? It could be either. I, I, I suspect that it's a bullet like um, like a, a list. Right. Okay. Like so a he, graphic. He didn't like the way it, he didn't like the bullet effect. He hadn't signed off on it. So he made them pull it down and it cost them $20,000. And now he, nothing gets, you know, nothing gets to go without his express approval. And are you smiling because of his tactic? Yes. For I love his what, tactic. I know <laughs> his tactic for getting what he wants. He said is to just always schedule another call. Well, cause they were um, constantly saying we can't do it. You know, we don't have the budget or whatever. We right. don't have the time. And, and after each call, he would just say, okay, so let's, let's think, think about it, it and, and let's, let's talk about the phone it. tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's kind it's, of brilliant. It's so smart. I realized, I remember when I was trying to get <clears throat> something that I wanted, there was resistance. I sent an email and I'm like, here are all the reasons it should be this way. And I just kind of went into a list. And I realized if sometimes if you inundate someone, if you show someone that you're willing to stick with your, with this and that you have like a, sometimes if you just inundate them with information, they're just like, it's just easier to give, to do what you want. I know. I had, I actually developed a a different technique. Um, I used to work at a, um, a different uh, film company and there was a guy who I depended on to get certain things done for my job. And oftentimes, oftentimes we were up against a time crunch, you know, and so we'd need something that was really difficult to pull off and way outside of the normal way of doing business. And I depended on him. He was like one of these kind of gatekeeper types. And he was one of these personalities that we encounter who is just doesn't want to have to do extra work so the the first response was always no like hey okay we need you know we need to turn this around for you know uh this whatever costco and we need to do this thing for walmart or whatever and we need to have it done by monday and be like no impossible can't do it (laughs) and in to the point where you always knew you were going to get a no no matter what it was and so i almost sorry i'm sorry to cut you off for just one second but Every field is littered with so many instant yes. no people. It's almost like a video game and you have to like yes. get through the no's. Right. You do. Because they're to, automatic. To be productive. And I guess if you're in that kind of job, maybe it, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's hard, I, you know, because it means more work and it means, oh, Christ, my my life just got more complicated. Yeah. Um, but I, if you know, if I can, I, I, I try not to employ people like that i think it's the worst thing that you can have but anyway you have to have them and you have them in your life so what i found is i was always okay i know i'm gonna get a no so i would say okay you know we need this and he go no no and i go i know i know it's totally impossible i i get it but what if it were possible (laughs) (laughs) like what if we could do it like how then how would we do it and then would he fall for that yes (laughs) That's the crazy part. So, so I actually was thinking about that and I, about life. Like in my life, I find that um, there might be some new thing that you want to learn how to do or something that you want to do that you keep telling yourself, I can't do that thing for whatever reason. Like you just have that stupid voice in your head that says, oh, no, you can't do that. You don't have any uh, musical ability. You can't learn the guitar or whatever. Or, um, you know, you don't, you can't illustrate because you've never gone to art school or whatever it happens to be. 
if you if you say to yourself, I know I can't do it. I know it's totally impossible. But what if what if I could? How would I do this thing that th- seems impossible? How would I do it if it were possible? And it's weird because you're you'll simultaneously validating the part of your brain that wants to tell you you can't do something so that it it takes the power away from it mm-hmm. and then you engage the part of your brain that constructively solves problems. That's really good advice. Yeah. I'm going to write a book about it. Was it going to be teach seminars? You can't write a book. <laughs> uh, but if you could, how would you do it? You know, that's interesting that you say that. What if I'm I'm that voice? I'm just It kidding. does have I'm your not. it does have your voice. It, it does is, not. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I'm supportive. Yeah, it's like, "Hey, you can't do that." <laughs> Hey. It'd be funny if not only do you have an unfla- your own unflattering voice in your head, yeah. but you have my an unflattering version of my voice in your head. Do you think that's unflattering? Do it again. Hey, <laughs> you can't do anything. Yeah, I'm your wife. No, I do think that's unflattering. I yeah. do. You do. Do I just have an over? I think over, it's do sexy. I have? <laughs> do I overestimate myself? I don't. I don't think Honey, I sound that's how like you that. Sound. Do I you listen back to the podcast? I mean, I get that my voice sounds different to me in my own head, right. because right. I don't hear it like you do. But I don't think I sound like that. <laughs> okay. Do it again. Hey, I'm Allison Rose, everybody. <laughs> Hi, hello, welcome to another episode. And you think that sounds sexy? Yeah, honey. That's, <laughs> that's what I fell in love with. Anyway, back to the Scott Ackerman. I feel like I'm mispronouncing a lot of words. Ackerman. What's going yeah, on? Ackerman. I know. Honey, do you know? <laughs> you're getting... It's all the eggs. It's the egg whites in my stomach. There's... They took the R's away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what happens when you have a belly full of egg whites? The R's rush there. That's why you get lightheaded. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. Uh-huh. Anyway... Um, the Scott Ackerman thing with the bullet effect, it just made me realize if that were me, I would air, oh, see air, that has two R's and I fully pulled it off. I would air on the side of, and I'm not saying he should do this. I think it's a weakness in me that I would do this. I would air on the side of being like, oh, you know what? It's cool. Whatever. Cause I never want people to feel irritated. Like I never, I don't want them to feel annoyed or put out that's a, a problem i have is that yeah. the people the instant no people yeah. they really get to me and i don't want to hear the no so i begin to just not ask and then i get frustrated i've noticed this yes it's a, it's some people are better at dealing with them than others and that's why we've realized for me you know everyone has their own personality style and there's the kind of person that brings out the best in you and the kind of person that brings out the worst in you and like the instant no people kind of don't that doesn't bring out the best in me when i sense it in a person i like i want to get as far away from that person as possible i just i can't stand it there's so little that can't be done right i mean and you want someone who's envisioning what can be done not who's trying to tamp down creativity right yeah or just productivity you know right it's like sometimes something needs to happen you know, and this isn't personal. I'm not trying to make your life more difficult. You right. Know? It has to job. happen. So let's figure it out. Yeah. You know, um, often, you know, I, I, don't, I just don't get it. I mean, I do get it, but I don't like it. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So that kind of, but it's interesting with this, with the Scott Ackerman, Ackerman story, 
not only did he get what he wanted, but he made it so that he always gets what he wants in the future. Which, I mean, that's the reason... Because he was relentless and they don't want to deal with him. Yeah, that's the reason, I think, to push for what you need if if you're the head of the show. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, like, I probably would have been like, oh, it's cool, whatever. And then then it keeps happening. Well, what was ingenious about his technique was he didn't have to be an asshole about it. You know, he didn't have to be, like, screaming and yelling. And he could just go, okay, great. Yeah, let's think about it some more and we'll talk. He just wore him down. Although, yes. Although I'm sure when they got off the phone, they're like, Ugh. Yeah, but who cares? Yeah. No, I know. That's that's another thing to learn is that you ha- kind of have to adopt the who cares. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that was Scott Ackerman on yes. Monday. And if you haven't heard that episode, I recommend go listen to it. Um, both mine and Chris Hardwick's. Yes. And... But mostly yours. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but listen to mine first. Obviously, yeah. and then if you had to choose. We're recommending yours. Is, am I am I getting this straight? Or you're not signing in, up on that? Say it in my voice, though. Uh, I think that you should listen to mine first. <laughs> I'm Allison, <laughs> and I'm really full of myself. <laughs> Isn't it really it's sexy? The, yeah, it's. Oh God, I'm, I'm flushed. You, can you tell? <laughs> yeah, weird. I mean, I've talked before about when people like I had that audition where the guy's like, "Now do it again, but do it sexy," and I just, just lowered my down. voice. Oh, you! <laughs> I just lowered my voice, and I think I like tilted my chin down. Yeah, do it, do it sexy right now. Do your sexy voice. I can't. That, but can't? That, what I was going to say is that I mean, hey guys. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what, what I, you should have done. Yeah, what I, <laughs> that's what I was going to say is that I'm really out of like I don't feel in touch with the sexy side of myself. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what that means to be sexy, but mm-hmm. apparently, according to you, that's what it's, it is. Effortless. it's effortless. Like I just—that's the thing—is mm-hmm. that I just—it just comes naturally to me. It does, yeah. It, it, just when I open my mouth and I sound like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, oh, like, I, I mean, you made America fall in love with you with that voice, right? Don't change it. Don't get a voice change. Yeah, I mean, don't. A voice job, I mean, a voice a vo- job. <laughs> or a voice change, yeah. God, everyone in this town has had a voice job. Okay. Mm-hmm. On Thursday, we did the Thursday gang. Mm-hmm. And uh, the downside of calling it the Thursday gang, although in iTunes this week, I actually titled it Thursday gang or Thursday show. I forget what I called it. And then put it in parentheses because as we do more days a week, I'm like, I may as well just kind of brand them like this is the this the Thursday show. This is the this. I this think the that's this. the best way to do it. Yeah. Because otherwise, I think that you go, you know, someone new listening to the podcast goes and looks in iTunes and they're like... There's just a bunch of clauses here, and there's some names. There's like James Gunn, and then there's like three different phrases, and then like I can't figure out what's going on. So I'm trying to streamline it. But by calling it the Thursday show or the Thursday gang, whatever I called it, if I ever want to move it to a different day, then um, that could be confusing. It'll be Thursday gang on Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. Right. Thursday doesn't necessarily mean it's on Thursday. I mean, it does, but it doesn't have to. Thursday can be a proper name. Right. Like Thursday Weld. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because I was saying today, I don't... Well, you know what? That's uh, that's not interesting to people. But I'm trying... I feel like Monday, Thursday, Saturday, there's something that just makes me go, eh, about it. It's not right. quite working exactly right for me. It's easy for us to do this show. We record oh, it on Saturday, Saturday morning and then release it. But I don't think it's ideal for... In terms of listeners, I don't think it's ideal. I think that... Uh, my concern is releasing this on Saturday. Then people get to work Monday and they're like, I don't know if I should listen to this or the Monday well, we show. we could maybe record it before work on Friday. I could just get up a little earlier. Yes. 
But then it's still, I think the problem is the, the gaping hole of Monday to Thursday. I feel like Monday, Wednesday, Friday is patented. It's what people do. I don't know. Something to think about. Anyway, Thursday show, though, Jordan was, was the guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was really fun and funny and delightful. Yeah. And that seems to be the feedback we're getting, too. Um, oh, and an update. Actually, I'll update that in a second. At the beginning of the show, I talked about feeling a little blue lately. Yeah. Uh, the beginning of the Thursday show. And feeling potentially like it was just... Um, that I was premenstrual. However, I was, didn't want to be premenstrual because if I was going to get my yeah. period, because if I had not pregnant that month, blah, blah, blah. Um, update, it was my period. Mm-hmm. And then I have another update to that. But first, let's look forward and then let's jump back. Okay. Hang on to your seats. This is like one of those time travel movies <laughs> where you get confused. Right. What timeline are we in now? We're in the future? We're in my dream of the future. Okay, let's do it. On Monday, I will air the episode that I recorded on Friday yes. with Jennifer Lee Pryor, Richard Pryor's widow. Yes. I, re- I don't want to overstate it, but I think it is the best episode in the world of, of recorded media ever. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I don't want to overstate it. But I, w- I was really happy with how it turned out, as was um, Colonel Jeff. We both were like, that was such a good episode. She's so interesting. Um, so many stories, lots of, lots of talk about the whole Richard pageant and... of human emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, it's just so much pathos, um, and really interesting. And yeah, talked a, a ton about Richard, a ton about her relationship with him. Yeah. Um, a lot of interesting stuff about the biopic, which has been kind of in and out of the news cause they've been wanting to make that for a long time. Yeah, I mean, for people who don't know about Richard Pryor and his life, I mean, he lived such a crazy life. And there's some misconception out there. You know, she and I talked about it. Um, so a documentary was just released on DVD and Blu-ray mm-hmm. on February 3rd called Omit the Logic yes. that she produced and is also in. And we watched it. It's riveting and also mm-hmm. harrowing. And we watched it and learned that the fire was a suicide attempt, essentially. So Richard Pryor had lit himself on fire yeah. famously. Well, but here's the thing. I And I talked about this with her. I didn't realize... That he did it to himself. I thought it was an accident. I didn't either. I always assumed it was like was... his lighter exploded yes. or something like that. But um, no, he was watching um, some footage of some monks in Vietnam, some Buddhist monks. Uh, well, she says... What? Oh, She oh, says yeah. that's actually not the truth. But that's what's in the I know. Movie. And I brought that... Controversy. I know. I brought that up to her. She doesn't believe that that's the truth. Oh, it went down. Right, and I said... Well, because that was the account of his friend. Rashawn, yeah. yeah. Who, who was there. And I said, I was said I was surprised by that. I was surprised that she didn't agree with one of the versions of, of what had happened, but she included that in... In her movie. Yeah, and she talks about that, so that's interesting. interesting. Um, no, she... It was, a to her, a, a straight-up straight suicide, suicide attempt. attempt. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, and she also, and on her own, she's like, can I talk about Bill Cosby? And started going into that. Ooh, so Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, just one of those things of where this is a person who um, was really on the inside of, you know, it just, I'm, no, I just had a tangential thought. Um, watching that movie and thinking about her, I realized if you meet someone who is like, I don't know what age, like 60 and older, um, they lived through the 70s as adults. Yeah. That's 
I know it's like not that big a deal, but it's like I'm thinking, oh my no, god! No, but like she didn't just. She was the seventies. So like they if, were the seventies. They, I mean, were, every story had dr- involved drugs and threesomes. So, so if you go to Whole Foods and you see <laughs> one of those like 65, 70 year old uh, ladies, who, and they're they've lived in L.A. for since the seventies, that means coke and orgies, like mm-hmm. lots of coke and orgies. It's just what you did, I guess. Yeah. God, <laughs> so foreign to me. I mean, not not the uh, coke part, right? But the orgies. Not the orgies part either. <laughs> okay. I have to bring up something that annoys people. Where's the little Wendy? She's right here. Oh, she is? Oh, good. Okay. We should put a bell on her. No. I mean, we shouldn't put a bell on her. That would be annoying. Ooh, what if we put a flag on her? Like, you know how shopping, <laughs> those little short shopping carts have those tall flags? Have you <laughs> One seen of those, those poles? Yes, that's that what I'm saying. That keep them from being able to go into... Oh, that's what the, those are for? They, they, when they have the tall pole, it's so that you yes. can't take the cart out of a. Oh, of an I area. didn't realize that. So that, that's how we could keep her in a room. Yeah. Or that's just it. how I would where how I would know where she is. Yeah, that Let's would be good. Add a pole and a flag. A flag, like yeah. a, a helmet with a giant flag on it. I mean, I wasn't thinking that it would be a helmet. I was thinking it could just go sort of on her harness, if she had a harness that she wore around the house. But sure. She's not that hard to keep track of. I just had problems knowing where she was. I, I knew. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. So um, I complained on a reason. Not co- complained is the wrong word. Bitched is better. <clears throat> on a recent show about people who are not actually doctors speaking with authority but giving you the wrong information. Yes. Um, that is a pet peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. Like nurses or physician's assistants who especially who espouse doc who who act as if they're going to give you the final word on something and then the doctor comes in and it turns out they were wrong and they freaked you out unnecessarily yeah. now after saying that i got some tweets from nurses and physicians assistants saying that there's plenty of times that the doctor didn't know what the hell was going on and they saved the patient and mm-hmm. i was like you know what they're totally right like i shouldn't it's it's not like every time it goes down the way i described it and there's plenty of times like mm-hmm. doctors make mistakes all the time too. There's plenty of times that, that it's the, it is the nurse or the physician's assistant right. who in a pinch, you know, was, and was on it. So I, I'm sorry for saying that. However, I'm about to say more. Well, and I would also add that, um, I fu- I've found that doctors often are unwilling to give you, um, answers that, that are on that. Like if you ask them, Hey, is this going to happen? They'll be like, well, maybe, because they never want if, if there's yeah. like even a five percent chance that right. it they're always covering their or ner- they'll say let's I know from dealing with people who have like serious diseases if you ask them they'll be like let's take it one step at a time right like, whereas I'm a trying- nurse <laughs> a nurse might give you the straight scoop like they might be like oh yeah there's a chance it's not but this is probably what you know like I, because they don't have they're not held to the same they're not as liable li- well yeah. every yeah it's everyone's so litigious everyone's freaked out so anyway okay. So this past month, I was on letrozole, which is a fertility drug, and then they gave me a trigger shot to trigger ovulation, and then we did insemination, and I was supposed to come in a week after. We did two days of insemination. I was supposed to come in a week after the last day to get a progesterone level, which is just, it's kind of automatic that they wanted. That's a blood test. They want to get that. So the day before, a couple of days before I was supposed to come in, I was like, "Uh Oh, I really feel like I'm about to get my period. And this would be getting my period on like day 24 or day 25, which is earlier than a woman. You know, you're, it's 
supposed to be about 28 days. If you get it early, it's something called a luteal phase defect. It's to, there's a whole bunch of stuff I could go into, but I won't. Um, for some reason in the last year, that's about how long my cycles have been. So, and like I said, this seemed to be this high stakes month because they said that if you're not pregnant this month, let's, you know, we'll have you do IVF next. Um, so this was kind of our last shot. Oh, and two different doctors had said, you know, now when you get pregnant this month, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like, oh, it look, you know, it looks so they were they were really happy with my body's response to the drugs, right. apparently. So it really seemed like I had a shot. Yeah. So anyway, I was I was like, not only was I emotionally down, I think now in retrospect because of the hormones, um, but I felt very premenstrual. And mm. I was like, I just I've read that very early pregnancy can be mistaken for PMS. There's some similar symptoms. So I was like, it's possible, but I'm like, I just know my body well mm-hmm. enough to know. I just, I had said to you, I'm like 99% sure I'm about to yeah. get my period. So given that I hate blood tests, I'm like, I'm going to call and find out if they still want to get the progesterone level if I'm about to get my period. So I called and, you know, they never put you on with a doctor. They always just pass you to a nurse. Mm-hmm. So I spoke to this nurse and I said, um, you know, I explained what was going on and I said, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get my period tomorrow. Should I still come in for progesterone? And then she said, when was your day one? And then she said, okay. And you know, when did you ovulate? And she's like, well, we are controlling when you get your period. She's like, it's way too early for you to get your period. And I was like, I know, but I have, you know, short cycles. And she's like, but we're controlling when you get your period. So there's, you're not getting your period. Um, but you know, drink lots of fluid and blah, blah, blah. And, and I said, okay, because you know, I'm having, I explained the symptoms that I was having and she's like, yeah, that can happen. She's like, okay, you know, by this day, if it's not this, then, um, you know, come in and we'll, you know, do a home pregnancy test and then we'll do a blood test and blah, blah, blah. And like really making me think there's no Mm -hmm. way it's my period and there's a good chance I'm pregnant. So I got off the phone and I was so relieved, Mm -hmm. but not quite believing it. Yeah. You, yeah. But so then I texted the doctor to ask. Um, and then it turned out that, no, she's wrong. He didn't actually say she's wrong. But from what he said, I could, what he yeah. said, it, I said, is it true? Because she was like, because of the trigger shot, there's no way you had your period. And I said, is this true? And he said, hopefully not. But if you get your period, tell me. Right. And we'll adjust something. So I was like, she's totally wrong. Right. And this is the same nurse that, tried to take blood from my arm, put the needle in and was like, said that my vein collapsed and it's because I wasn't drinking enough. I wasn't hydrated enough and to like hydrate and come in. Well, they wanted to do the other arm, but I was like, I don't want you to keep poking me. So I'll just come in tomorrow. But then I spoke with my dad who said that's total, there's, that's BS. That's not what happened. What happened is they put the needle in the vein and then the needle hit the vein wall and the vein wall got sucked up into the needle a tiny bit. And cause she had like moved the needle around when it was in my vein and it hurt. And he's like, you should never move the needle when it's in the Ugh. vein that just hurts the patient. So anyway, I, sh- knowing that it was the same woman, I should have known because mm-hmm. I'm like, she's already, um, offered some erroneous information. Mm-hmm. I should have known, but instead I let myself get talked into yeah. this thing. And then when I got my period the next day, which I knew was going to happen, I was really annoyed probably because i was in a hormonally annoyed state anyway yeah but i mean but you said to me you're like you know your body better than than they do 
I yeah, I just feel like um I mean, we don't, I don't know. It, it we know our bodies. I don't know how else to put it. You know, you 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 can't it's like there's a lot of knowledge um in your brain about what's going on that you, you I don't know that you can quite intellectualize or trust right. necessarily because you're always like, oh, I don't know what this is. But it, but if you have a strong feeling, like when I was sick, you know, when I was sick and the guy said, hey, you have a kidney infection. I did not, even though I just, I didn't, I didn't think he was right. And then I was like, well, that just doesn't seem right because it doesn't seem like it's my kidneys. And then even though I couldn't feel, it's not like I had a sharp pain anywhere that I could say, oh, here's where the pain is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when my mom's friend, who is a nurse, said, well, oftentimes that actually in men is more of a prostate thing. I was like, that feels right. Right. Even though the doctor said it was the kidney. And then I went and saw another doctor and he was like, absolutely, it's the prostate. Yeah. You know, and it's like I knew it. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, that thing where you feel in retrospect that you knew it. It's like, no, no, I knew you knew. Yeah. It. At the time. Yeah. So I think that uh, trust your body. Yeah. Right. Which is why in my gut, I just feel like we're going to end up doing IVF. Um, Well, so now, now that it was my period now, even there's, so there's three different doctors who work in this office. And one of them said, I think you should do IVF next. But the other two are saying you have options. There's the option of doing another like month or two of the fertility drugs, or I could do injectable fertility drugs, or we could just do IVF. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. Um, <clears throat> to do IVF, they put you on, the first step of it is birth control pills, which mm-hmm. I've always hated. And this is a bit of vanity, but I have, I'm going to be on the cover of a magazine, yeah. which is very exciting. I don't think I can say which magazine it is, um, but I'm excited. And I have a photo shoot in a week, and I know that if I'm on birth control pills, it'll puff me up. So for I'll, that reason, spoiler I was, alert, it's not Rolling Stone. It's not, <laughs> right. I know that's where everyone's head went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so for that reason, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I want to wait. But then... Wonder of wonder. So anyway, that's why we got up so early this morning because we had a really early Mm -hmm. morning doctor's appointment. And I've never been so happy to find out that I have a cyst on an ovary (laughs) and this is not a month that I can do meds. So the decision was made for me. Sometimes after the fertility drugs, you'll have a cyst on an ovary. It'll go away, but that's Mm -hmm. just sort of a response. Yeah, don't... you don't have to tell me, sister. (laughs) So anyway, that's what he said. He said... Um, he said this would, you're not a candidate for meds this month. So this buys us some time and you'd think I'd be upset, but instead, but since I couldn't make up my mind anyway about what to do next. Yes. I'm like so thrilled. Thank God I've got this thing on my ovary. Yay. Now we get to spend a whole lot of money for IVF. (laughs) Right. I just burped very quietly and Mm. I'm wondering if no anyone heard. I didn't hear it. I'm sitting (laughs) three feet from you. (laughs) I know, but it was like the mic is right in front of me. I didn't hear it. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. So now I feel like it's almost gambling at this point because if we pull the trigger on IVF, it's super expensive. It's intense. Or we could just try for a couple more months to do these less expensive things. But those are also expensive and also kind of, but it's, I, I mean, a, it's like those are in the hundreds and IVF is in the thousands upon thousands. The tens of thousands. Tens of thousands, yeah. So, 
But I just, like I said, in my, you know what? We have a consultation. We'll find out more. But we're just trying to figure out what direction to go. Yeah. And I think IVF is the direction we're going to end up. So I'm kind of, so I'm getting mentally prepared for it. I know. And it sucks. You ha- we have to give you the shot every day. And we are you going to do it? I'm trying to, I'm trying to pretend like it's painful for me too. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. I know. It's all you. Uh, it sucks. I'll cut myself every day to. No, to, don't. I hate blood. I, that, that, but it's, the, it's just, it's the same as the trigger shot, which mm-hmm. I was so scared of, but it was a big nothing. So I'm, although is I still it, have a bruise, but yeah, these are all just subcutaneous, it? like in the belly as, or you could oh, probably do it in the thigh maybe too. But oh, okay. yeah, so I'm pretty. I'm pretty okay with having to do, but I would like to know from women who've done IVF, how bad are all the shots? Mm-hmm. If the answer is bad, don't tell me. Yeah. And then the harvesting the eggs. I yes. That's uncomfortable too. Well, you're out for that. Oh. Yeah. It's a procedure where they knock you out and they give you Versed first, which Ooh, I discovered is my, my favorite of oh my the God. drugs you get when they knock you out. You get all the procedures that you can even imagine. A voice change. <laughs> yeah, get your voice. <laughs> get a voice, a transplant. Whose yeah. voice do you want? Um, who I don't know. Kathleen Turner. Well, if it's a if we want to do something similar to what my voice sounds like, the way you make it sound, Wallace Shawn. <laughs> no, no, you, yeah, you want to make it higher pitched. <laughs> if you want to make it sexier, right? I feel like you are very particular with with. What you think is do the voice again that you think sexy? Oh Jesus! Hey, hey! <laughs> I don't even know if that's even what I was doing. It's quite similar. Yeah. Um. What else should we talk about? Should we talk about the sad news that's been kind of weighing yeah. on us this uh, week? Uh, and really, really weighing on um a lot of friends of ours. Yeah. Is Harris. I think every, yeah Harris Whittles. I think everyone knows. I assume everyone knows because it was it, there was a lot of news about it. Um, Harris Whittles, who was a very he was who popped up on podcasts all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he was a writer and a producer for Parks and Rec. He created Humble Brag. I would highly had, recommend looking up all the episodes of Comedy Bang Bang yeah. that he appeared on and listen to Analyze Fish, which is so funny, so good. He was just he was a huge fish fan, such a huge talent. Like just one of those people we talk about people who are who are just funny. Yeah. Like there's a lot of comedians who are um they're not really that funny in normal life, you know, they 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 can put together an act, but mm-hmm. but then there are people who are they're just funny. Yeah. They just make you laugh. And I think Harris was one of those guys. He was th- he died of um he was found uh dead in his apartment. His assistant found him and the articles I've read have said died of an apparent drug overdose mm-hmm. but then what i keep hearing is heroin heroin is i don't know making if that's a been, huge comeback if that's been printed or if that's so just the, what people the big believe story to be right the now case. in the drug in the drug world is how much cocaine uh demand in america has declined and heroin has gone like shot up mm-hmm. to the point where the mexican drug cartels have started to um grow poppies and harvest uh opium and heroin for the first time and uh that's really distressing heroin because heroin is bad bad fucking news and 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 what i read was um the reason for it is so many people were taking oxycodone and oxycontin and i think they made it harder to get those drugs 
oh, those over-the-counter drugs, so people are moving to heroin because uh, those were opiates. similar, right. Um, which, oh, God, if that's true, that is just awful. It's such, such a tragic waste. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I was watching, watching that Richard Pryor documentary, and there's a moment in there where someone's like, you know, uh, Richard Pryor, a week with Richard Pryor was more exciting than a, than a year in anyone else's life. And it, it kind of pissed me off mm-hmm. because we do this thing in our culture where we act like if you're, you know, yeah, you can live your boring old life or you could like burn that candle at both ends and do a bunch of drugs. And, and you know, like we all look up to people like Keith Richards. And I think that's it's awful. It's like those people. Yeah, a week in their life, but it's a week of being high. Right, it's a week of not being in the moment. It's a week of being a slave to a drug, you know? I mean, we need to knock it off with that trope of of that somehow they're they're living better because or because they're in a constant party. Mhm. It's it's not partying, it's doing drugs. <laughs> well, right. There, you know, I guess we we do glamorize it at the same time. I think that addiction is a disease and it is a monster and it is a demon. And whether it's glamorized or not, people who have addictive personalities are still going to be addicted. I think, of course, and I'm not criticizing that. people who do it. I'm criticizing people who romanticize yes. it. I'm saying um, I have a lot of sympathy for, you know, people who struggle with that. And absolutely. But... Um, every addict will say, oh, I'm just, I, I, you know, who's not aware of it is going to be like, oh, I just party. I just have a good time. I'm not. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's I, it, whatever. It, well, it's so just really sad. I mentioned, um, I got a lot of requests to repost the episode that I had done with Harris. And so I did. And at the beginning I, I talked, but for people who didn't hear, I'll, I'll repeat it. I had him on my show in January of 2013, and then in May of 2014, I got an email from him just out of the blue, Mm -hmm. and it was like, hey, this is funny, I promise, so don't get serious on me, but I re-listened to our episode, and you kind of called me out on my recreational drug use, Mm -hmm. which when he said that, I didn't remember having done that. Like, that wasn't how I remembered the episode, but um, I'll go into that in a minute, but so you called me out of my recreational drug use. Well, fast forward to three months ago when I got, just got out of rehab for opiate addiction. I thought that was... <sighs> anyway, I just wanted to tell you that you were right and I was wrong, you know, but I'm okay now and I hope <sighs> you're doing great. And it was nice to hear. It was a completely unnecessary email, though, mm-hmm. um, because in no way what, did I walk away from that podcast thinking like, I was right, he was wrong, and I hope he tells me right. one day. But I was just happy to hear from him and happy to hear that yeah. he was clean. Um, and then I know that sometime after that, he went on Pete Holmes' podcast and talked about, you know, in more detail about his struggles. But, um, yeah, like I said, I don't remember come really coming down on drugs. However, when I do, just because of my own experiences and my own my own battles with having a very addictive personality and my own sort of journey with all of that. When I hear someone speaking about drugs as if there's no danger there and as if it's just a great, uh, uh, you know, an option, Mm -hmm. then I always wonder, well, what feelings are you trying to run away from? Because to me, that's either you're feeling your feelings or you're using substances. And to Mm -hmm. me, using substances is... Um, an escape from feeling your feelings. Right. I mean, it, but it can be anything. It can be like, um, you know, I think 
and I will talk about my former em- employer for a minute. Mm-hmm. He's someone who every single minute of his life is scheduled. If he's in a car, mm-hmm. he will either well, he'll have someone with him, first of all, ideally. Mm-hmm. But if not, he will schedule like back-to-back phone calls. And if he doesn't have them scheduled, he will call someone. He's someone who cannot be alone with his thoughts. And when he gets home, you know, he famously talks about needing, a, you know, enjoying drinking every single night. Um, and on the road, oftentimes he'd come to the car holding a glass of wine. In, like when we were on our way to the airport. In the morning. Yeah. And I, I always wondered... What happens if you're just alone with your thoughts? Like what, what goes on? And to me, when I see someone who's, who's made it so that they never have that moment. Well, their I, mind doesn't I, quiet. Yeah. Well, but, but a lot of people's minds don't quiet. I mean, I'd certainly have that too. But I think that like if I have, and this has been in my sobriety, so to speak, um, that if I have a series of days where I don't have time alone with my thoughts, mm-hmm. I begin to get, actually, I'm going to take that back. What I said about Ben in my sobriety. First of all, first of all, I should clarify that statement. I did not do the 12 steps. Right. Um, I realized that I was drinking too much and I was dabbling in drugs and I didn't mm-hmm. think it was okay. And I didn't like where it was going. So I went to meetings as a way I was just like, I want to be around people who are dealing with this problem. Mm-hmm. And it was very helpful for me. However, I didn't get a sponsor. I didn't do the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did find it very help. It, it really did help me. And I really liked what, what I, mm-hmm. uh, the way, a way I learned what I learned about sort of dealing with mm-hmm. compulsion and that kind of stuff. Um, but what I'm talking about actually is sort of back in the old days where let's say I was just being really social or let's say I'd met a guy and spent the night at his place or whatever. Like when I finally got back home and back to being with myself, I always felt like almost freaked out in a way. Like it, I, it, I had taken too large of a vacation from myself. Mm-hmm. So I kind of need to frequently recenter, so to speak, with my own thoughts and get a handle on things as opposed to running away from my emotions Mm -hmm. in various forms, even though there's always that temptation, there's always that temptation to be like, I don't like what I'm feeling. I'm going to avoid it as fast as I can. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't have enough of that in my life. Which part? Just time with my thoughts. It's really a problem for me. It's like, I'm, I'm so busy, but for me, it's like, should get fired. (laughs) I know affords you a lot of time, uh, but yeah, you know, it's like, I feel that way about people who run long distances and stuff or just, you know, anything where they spend a lot of time, like maybe playing video games or any kind of mm-hmm. any activity where you're escaping something, escaping reality, drinking, whatever. Um, you know, it's like, what are you running from? Right. But you know, a lot of people have a lot of trauma and it's, you can understand it. I, you know, and I'm not against drug use when it's certain drugs you know i don't think all drugs are the same mm-hmm. i think pot you know um responsibly yeah, i think a lot of right. these things but, can he, be but i think that daily daily pot smokers are often running right from so i just think like every now and then if you can if you're the type of person that can do that you know mushrooms psychedelics um i don't th- i i don't have any kind of qualm with them i i come down on the drug thing more in the romanticization of like heroin yeah and the really hardcore you know we don't really romanticize meth but um those are the those are the soul-stealing drugs 
You don't have even a scintilla of addictiveness in your personality, do you? Uh, no, I can get obsessive about oh, things. That's true. But it's not addictive. It's not the same. But I can get... Addi- the way you know is the addictive feeling is, oh my God, I found a magic bullet. Right. Like I Like that same feeling that perhaps you could relate to this when you're young and you get a crush on someone and you're just like, you can't stop smiling and you're so excited. And it's like you suddenly your life has new focus or maybe that's just an addict, the addictiveness uh, applied to relationships, but it's just like suddenly there's this new magical something in the world and it's like the person you have a crush on or it's the, the notion that that could go somewhere. Well, the addictiveness is like that, but it's for a substance. I don't have that. I have, what I have is, um, it's it's almost like my obsessiveness is about puzzles I haven't solved. Like I will decide that there's a puzzle that needs to be solved. And if I don't solve it, I will not be able to stop thinking about it until I do. And that puzzle can be, you know, uh, learning a new skill or it can be making some stupid thing or it can is be it playing a video game. Life situations, though, because I have that. But it's like, yes, I need to, you know, like I think a lot of people saw me doing that with like I need to figure out you know, to the greatest detail, what happened as Oliver died and like what, oh. ha- you know, with that, which is something that like, I will never I don't have get those answers. So I've had to just accept that in, in life, there are things where you can't, you can't get the answers. You I don't need. have it for those kinds of things. Yeah. I, I, you're I'm, so lucky because those are, those are the kind of things that obsess me. Some I just kind feel of situation. that. I feel like, um, I feel like that way of thinking is can only lead to misery yes it does it does because you don't figure it out i mean there's a healthy sort of there's a healthy figuring out like i've noticed this pattern and i'm going to be in therapy and i'm going to figure why do i do that versus ruminating on something where there's no further answer important thing is to understand what things you can you can know i think like with the oliver thing you became very obsessive about trying to find out what happened to him um but the truth wasn't knowable. Right. But that was also a stage of grief. Un- yeah, totally. But I'm just saying, you know, so for whatever but reason. But I can't accept. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. I know. I'm just saying like it was a fruitless. Well, maybe not entirely fruitless. I do think that you, you were able to um, shed some light on yeah. a number of things. And that was helpful. So right. I don't want to say like, oh, you you underwent this you know thing that was totally bad but it's like no i think it was a it was a it was a journey i needed to go on but i was seeking something i was not going to be able to find yeah and ultimately for me i think i i because of the way i'm wired i'm not saying you know again not a judgment here but it was like for me i just felt like um well that's not knowable the sooner i can just accept that this happened the the sooner i'll be able to um, grieve properly. If the, if everything That's else so was, healthy. W- That's... would just put the grief on, in a kind of state of perpetual, you know, hold or something. That is so healthy to be able to do that. And I don't have that in me. I would like to, but I'm, you I'm more like, yes, that's your thing. You, that's, you're always seeking the truth. And the problem is the truth is very, very rarely really knowable. Right. Rare, I sound like rare, 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 rare. Um, right. But I'm more the kind of person where if someone's like, 
you're never going to find out the answer. You need to just move on. I'll be like, fuck you. I right. w- now I will never move on. But like I've a- got, cause I've got compounding and I've got that in me, which is if someone, because since I've been young, I've had this in my personality where like, I have to spin, I have to figure this out. I have to do and I have to do this. And so people will see this like obsessive thing in me and try to talk me out of it. But if you try to talk me out of it, I will dig in deeper. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you've seen that? Yeah. What do you, what do you think I've known you for this long? I haven't seen that. You, you also have But I feel thing. like I've gotten a well, you, sh- but you didn't know me. Maybe you be- were worse before. Oh, I was a thousand times You worse. also have this, this thing that there is a right decision. Yeah, I've gotten better about that. And though, often in I? life, I just believe there was a lot of different kinds of egg whites today, and I didn't really go. Yeah, nuts. <laughs> I, I just and maybe you know sometimes there is a right decision, I guess, but but I just feel like well, but I get that in feeling aggregate, when there's in aggregate, not. all the decisions you make in life, if you approach them all with the attitude of you know, there's just the decision I make, and 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 how I feel about that decision, you'll be happier on the whole, even though some decisions may have right decisions that you miss out on. Is this making sense? Anyway. Yes, it is. So uh, the goal here is to live a happy life, sweetheart. I'm just trying to help. I married Thanks. you so I married you're you so I can help you figure out life and then I'll move on. <laughs> oh yeah, you're like Mary Poppins. Yeah. Where are you headed next? I don't know. Maybe somewhere in um, South America. Really? Yeah. That's where you're going to shove off to? I, I heard there's someone who needs me down in Uruguay. <laughs> you know, you kind of have the obsessive thing or the escapist Careful. thing with video games. Yeah, absolutely. Video games is like um, the crack version of what I'm talking about because, first of all... Not for me. For me, video games are like, you know, they're fun, but then they're a puzzle. And then there's this quality to a lot of video games where... There's a complete a completion a, a sense that you need to complete it, and it's not just finishing the game; it's collecting all the artifacts or the stars or you know accomplishing every achievement. And it becomes like it, it, it like plugs into that weird um, hunter gatherer part of your lizard brain where you're I don't know, uh, but the video game yeah video games are a whole other subject matter. You know you yeah. can really lose yourself in video games. Well, this has been a fun weekend show. Yeah. Uh, I would like to close by sharing something that I had a dream that I did a podcast. And I I feel like I was pretty decent on the podcast in my dream. Mm -hmm. But all I talked about was Better Call Saul. And I explained in great detail how I was obsessed with Better Call Saul. And I'm like, my whole life is now all about Better Call Saul. I wouldn't say that's quite true. I feel like I overstated it in the dream. But... I am pretty obsessed with that show. Great. Should you tell the audience what we learned about uh, the the condition of his brother? Right. So there's this question about whether his brother, who's apparently, you know, can't be around electromagnetic rays or anything, Mm -hmm. whether that's real or not or in his mind. Mm -hmm. But it is a condition that has been written about. But in real life. There's like a very small percentage of people who believe they have this, but all the articles about this explain that it is a psychological condition. So it exists in real life as a psychological condition, not an actual physical condition. But not condition. a real physical condition. Right. Because they did experiments it with um, where they had a... So you know how a placebo is something you give someone where if they, be, you know, they believe it's going to make them feel better and they do feel mm-hmm. better? A nocebo is something where you give it to them and they, if they believe... 
that it's going to make them worse, it does. Oh, it's So they did these studies where they told people who believed that they had this condition that they were around electromagnetic rays or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they believed that they began to exhibit the symptoms wow. of feeling worse versus when they, but it was, and it was either like, but they weren't truly around those rays when they thought they were, or they were around them, but, but didn't know. The, yeah, regardless, head. when they believed they were around the rays, then mm-hmm. they exhibited symptoms and began to feel worse. That's interesting. So there you go. But I don't know how they're playing it on the show. Like, I don't know whether, how I get how the sense Vince that Saul Gilligan thinks that re- it's in his head. Regards it. Yeah, it does seem Saul that way. Saul doesn't but seem to think it's real. Yeah, but they're not making it 100% clear. I'm, I The pacing is so good. Like, I'm, the, they've totally got me hooked. It's doing great. I mean, it's nice to see those guys. I mean, Vince Gilligan, come on. That guy knows how to write TV. So good. Um, Yeah. What else? Is there anything else we're looking forward to? Oscars tomorrow? We're not really going to watch that. We might watch that. Oh, yeah. Let's watch it. We haven't seen any of the movies, though, have we? We actually need to talk about the fact that the the Oscar party we were going to go to just got canceled. Just got canceled. But there's another Oscar party we could go to, and we should talk about whether to go to that or not. Okay. We both have this thing in us where we like to do nothing. In fact, that's actually something to mention real fast. So the doctor this morning was like, so what do you guys have planned for the day? Yeah. And we're both like, um, I'm just going to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never felt more like a worm with no social life than at that moment. But I, I just think, I think uh, once you have kids, maybe then every day is filled. But we're just, it's not like, oh, I've got to be here at four okay. and then I've got to be here at five. I, we're just, we enjoy not doing shit. Okay, but it's not... <laughs> I work all week. Like, I work a lot. My days during the week are get up, you know, walk Wendy, get ready, go to work, come home, do this, do that. Come home. And you go, you you come home late. I come home late. Yeah. And then it's like a bunch of stuff I have to do. I don't get any. So the weekend's not doing something. It's my only time. We should have told him we were recording our podcast. But it's like, you know, hey, fuck you. (laughs) 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 It's like, I'm going to. Do but, nothing. Yeah, today. but he wasn't really. He, it was just conversation. He's actually super nice. He's super He's nice. A really, he nice wasn't. Doctor. Yeah, you know. But you know what else he does? He says, "Okay, like mk." Okay. Have you noticed? Not no. in an ironic way. In a, it's a genuine mk. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Should we talk about the the hug thing? Oh, Who do we well, we're almost out of time. Oh, okay. let's save that for next time. Okay, but I think you can say what that was so that they'll no. wonder. Hugs. We have some hot hug talk. <laughs> right. Hot hug-ish. Hot hug. There's a hot hug-ish afoot. Also, um, keep the uh, the fake fart names coming. I'm oh, yeah. that. Psy be deadly. Right. Nice. I need to forward them to you. There's some yeah. really good ones happening. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then someone even sent one in for Kale and Bean. Kale and Beans. I like that. Yeah. Um, all right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It does help out the show. Thank you so much for all of your Amazon support. You guys are the greatest. And check out the special Amazon store. Oh, yeah. We have a special Amazon store that I set up. You can get to that link from the blog post about this episode, and you can get to it from the front page of my website. I have a new link that says, and shop in my Amazon store. Do it. Um, yeah, lots of fun stuff there. And there's PayPal links on my website on the right side, alisonrosen.com. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go.
fuck yourself. Get that by searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. Two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. First one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. Next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and much of the former Thursday gang. Those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Email us A-R-I-Y-N-B-F show at gmail.com. And Daniel? At Daniel Quantz, Q-U-A-N-T-Z. On Twitter. On Twitter and, and Instagram. And Instagram. And if you follow Daniel on Instagram, you might see some pictures of me with Wendy sleeping on my head. Of me asleep with Wendy oh, sleeping on my head. Oh, can I post that? Maybe. <laughs> you mi- I said might. I have to run all of the pictures of Allison by Allison first. That's my policy. Oh, there's some good ones she won't let me post, folks. You're talking about the one where I'm like making yes. that like, uh. like if the photo had a sound, it'd be like ding, ding, ding. Uh. <laughs> all right. I love you guys. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show?